Get ready. It's coming. An epic event so sweeping, only the Justice League can lead us into it. The Six Flags 45th Anniversary Celebration. See the new Bugs Bunny National Park and join us for Bugs Bunny's Daily Parade Spectacular. And coming soon, the new El Toro, the world's greatest wooden coaster. Get your season pass at SixFlags.com. Six Flags Great Adventure. More than a theme park, it's an experience. Ah, El Toro. <laughs> Ole, that's a 2006 GA commercial. And uh, yeah, we're going to probably talk about El Toro a little bit today as part of the what the hell's going on with Six Flags. A hot topic. <laughs> it's a hot topic. Hello, and welcome to episode number 17 of Some Great Adventures, the podcast for all friends who met and worked at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, chat about our days in the park. Um, as always, our podcast is made possible by our awesome friends at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. We're recording via Facebook Live, which is always available on our Facebook podcast page. Any audio version will be available on all podcasting platforms uh, whenever my lazy ass puts it up, probably in the next couple of days. So <laughs> I am Steve Hicks and my co-host are Scott Loudon, Chris Beluso, Andy Oletti. Hello, gentlemen. Uh yeah, so we named this one, uh, What the Hell's Going On With Six Flags, and it seemed pretty appropriate because there's a lot of stuff in the past year going on with Six Flags. And honestly, the theme park uh, industry in general, um, there's there's um, news reports. If, you're, if you've been like following any news reports on theme parks, the, the industry as a whole is like in an attendance deficit. They're just down like massively this year. Uh, it was weird. Over Labor Day, I had friends that were both at Universal in Florida. I had friends that were in Disney. And then I had friends that were at Six Flags, our Six Flags, and Great Adventure. And every single one was posting the same thing. I'm getting on everything 500 times. There's no line. I was yeah. Really? I, all right. I hope that sticks. <laughs> there was an article in Great Adventure. They're changing their, like, their uh, focus now. They're charging more. Yeah, and they're reducing the crowd sizes so they make it a better experience for people. Who uh, do. Disney claims that that's what they're doing—that they have a reduced. I was there like a year ago. You wouldn't think it. <laughs> like, right, right, you wouldn't right. feel it, like. But supposedly it was less people. I, I don't know. It was like a friggin' zoo. Uh, so yeah, I, I hope. I hope uh, late uh, late October. That's the case. That would be wonderful. We were there. Great adventure, literally. The longest we waited was like five minutes to get on King to Ka. Other than that, it was all walk on. That's insane for Labor Day weekend. That's nice. pretty goddamn insane. Never uh, before, I would say. Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, I'll I'll throw this at you guys. This is just a, a question for you guys, and I, I, you know, I didn't prep you guys on this, so this is definitely gonna be off the top of your heads. But what do you think this year? is really affecting the industry. Do you think it's still COVID, Omicron variant fear still affecting them? Is it just a high cost? Or is it is it like reverse COVID mentality where people are like, I've been fucking stuck home for two years and the last thing I want to do is go to a goddamn amusement park that I've gone to a lot. I want a destination thing. I want to go to like Hawaii. I want to go to someplace that's like, you know, really relaxing where I'm not running with my kids from ride to ride. I think it might be more of the latter at this point. I think, you know, tied in with the cost, which we're going to go over in a little more detail. But I think it might be more of the latter where people are just like, that's not exactly what they want after two years of being stuck home, especially the people with kids. You know, they want something where it's more of a destination for them and relaxing for them, as well as something for the kids than just 
Because I know for a fact, like when my mom, my aunt used to take us to the park, we're fucking like, we were like little rabbit animals running from ride to ride, trying to get on as fast as we can. Yeah. And like, you know, we, we didn't even want it. We got pissy if they even stopped to eat, which for them was like probably their favorite goddamn time because they got to sit down and actually relax for a few yeah. minutes. But we were like, no, 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 we're, we're not going to be able to get on Rolling Rapids again. We got to run. We got to run. Rolling Thunder. Ah! You know? So I kind of feel like maybe it's just something where people just don't this year want to be in amusement parks. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, great adventure. Yeah, so Sorry, go ahead, Andy. I was going to say gas price is ridiculous. You know, uh, that's you. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going to drive all the way in from, you know, Philly or DC or all the other places they used to come. Yeah. Yeah. Great Adventure's got this whole crazy, ridiculous pricing scheme now with different tiers of passes and memberships. And it's impossible to figure out, even though I have a membership. But like the lowest tier ones, they, they black out like all the holiday weekends and stuff. So like they're, you know, forcing you to pay more to get in on those days. But, Hey, we went on a destination, me and the family. Hard Rock Punta Cana, those fuckers, they freaking, like, we caught COVID and they food poisoned us. <laughs> I thought my whole family was going to die. So Hard Rock Punta Cana. <laughs> I highly recommend going there if you want to, uh, you know, puke your brains out and spend the whole time on the toilet bowl. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I was just going to say, like, I, all I can go by is Disney last October. And it was the 50th anniversary, you know. It was absolutely insane. I saw no decrease. I saw an extreme increase. <laughs> Everything was right. busy. Everything was packed. Um, and if you even tried the book anywhere within that 50th anniversary, it was insane. If it is indeed lower attendance now, which when I get there, I'll let you know. I'll let you know in a month. You know what I mean? But like, yeah. I doubt it. I, I don't know. I think they got lucky. That's the only thing I could say. They got lucky because it's been insane. You can't even get reservations for restaurants after two minutes after they open up. They're gone. Right, right. You know what I mean? So somebody's it's it's been pure insanity trying to get in there. Now Universal, usually not as bad. Um, and uh if it is a decrease, I would attribute it to prices more than COVID. Uh the These prices have skyrocketed skyrocketed at all the theme parks and the confusion loud and definitely the confusion. I'm a Disney veteran. And I'm confused by some of the crap that they're throwing at us now. And some of it's just because it doesn't even make sense. It's just right. stupid. You know what I mean? And it's not the way they normally operate. It's They operate yeah. usually very efficiently, very guest first. And lately they've been operating very Disney first or money well, first. The and, whole you know, customer so. service thing has gone to shit since the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. using it as an excuse. Oh, pandemic. We can't, you know, we don't have enough in place. I'm like. It's fucking two and a half years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Hire some people, raise your rates. Yeah, exactly. But Disney, I feel like, is the one place that's like immune to price increases. People will still pay to go there. Yes. Parks, you know? So uh, everybody bitched and complained about the fast passes <laughs> costing money. You go to try when you, and I'm like, shit, I'm signing up. I wanted it. I'll be honest. I'm saying it right now. I wanted it. I was like, I want to be able to pay to get on whatever the hell I want to get on rather than not get on it. Yeah. But, Everybody well, else managed. the same thing. They bitched about it, but everybody else is paying to get on everything because you still can barely get on things even with the extra money. Right. And they've yeah. managed to make it just expensive enough where you spend enough money where you just kind of have to spend yes. the, the extras at this point. You yeah. Have yeah. You have, if there's no choice, you have to yeah. do it. You have to spend or you don't yeah. get on. You guys will love this. This was actually going to be like a news topic down the line, but we'll just jump right to this. Here's the, here, here's the title of a news report I read. Disney World prices surged 3,871% over 50 years based on a chart that somebody created. And the guy that created it actually backed it up 
And this got put on Fox Business. This was on their, their website. But the guy's chart actually backs it up completely. And it was a TikTok user. And it's like kind of funny. You create this animated chart. And it shows how over the passage of a 50-year time, like it, they just greatly outpaced the increase in wages, rents, and gas prices like that, that have been over the years versus what their tickets are. And um, it's all based on like the Orlando, Florida one. And the guy puts in a lot of real like intelligent thought into it. It includes things like that could have, you know, be a financial crisis that they could stand on like COVID, you know? So things like the 73 oil crisis, 2008 global financial crisis, and then COVID-19. He has like all these things included in there where how those could be a reason why, but they do not break the fact that the entire time over 50 years, the prices for Disney have just been like straight up in the air. It's like, oh, yeah, no, but the industry is also like the mob. I mean, they all get together and they, I mean, everybody follows suit. Universal right. immediately yep. raised their prices to pretty much the exact same price. And to be honest, they were charging eighty-seven ninety-nine for their fast passes for minute, forever. They never had them free. Yeah. I stayed at right. Hard Rock, and I would stay at Portofino Bay a lot. So you didn't pay because that's you're paying five hundred dollars a night for a room. So you're yep. still paying, you know. But they always charged eighty-seven dollars a day for their fast passes, you know. So right. Disney just started doing it after I don't know how many decades. Um, so yeah, yeah, they're definitely. High up, but they all just followed right along. <laughs> they all raised the prices. So, so I say let's let's take a step back and let's let's jump into our Six Flags CEO. Okay, Salim Basil. I believe I'm pronouncing his last name wrong. If I'm not, fuck him. I don't know him. I don't care. I think it's Basil. It's B A S S O U L. Okay, Basil us. Yeah, Basil, right? So he's Basil us. He took over the role of CEO for Six Flags last November. All right. And he, he ruffled a fuckload of feathers in the last month over some of the statements he said during one of their um, their uh, earnings calls. And I'll point out, so I'm going to say what he said, okay, but then also point out that as part of his apparent strategy, you know, they also just let go six freaking park presidents, you know, Six Flags GA, New England, America, Georgia, and St. Louis, all their presidents shit canned in the last month. All right. Wow. So, and, and GA has reported at a 22% attendance decrease since based on, you know, compared to this time last year. So that's pretty big. Um, but here's what, here's what Salim basically said. He was, he was basically talking about their new strategy, which is specifically to keep rowdy teenagers from running them up. And the plan specifically includes hiking prices to try to attract a more affluent customer. Okay. His own words, our aggressive strategic shift is still a work in progress. But my first nine months at Six Flags as Six Flags CEO has only reinforced my initial belief in Six Flags potential. Like I said, Six Flags has seen an overall attendance drop 22%. Okay. Uh, compared to a year ago. He says that's due in part to the elimination of free tickets and low margin product offerings, coupled with increased pricing into a market that become accustomed to discounts. OK, um, the theme park operator has been in process of an aggressive shift in strategy after realizing that it discounted too much and that the philosophy of filling our parks was not the right one. OK, um, we only get the discounter or who and, and, and therefore become a daycare center for teenagers. We're not actually getting people that want to spend money. So part of the new strategy is to institute 
new pricing, which means catering to customers with families or young adults who are willing to come and spend the money in our parks. We don't want the free people. We want the people spending the money in our parks. So they've expanded their advertising to pursue a broader market. And in the past, they were focusing on previous guests, but they realize now that a lot of those previous guests were people that were just getting free tickets or discounted tickets, and they don't right. spend anything when they're in the park. Hello, Twickets. <laughs> they go, hello, Twickets. So, yeah, coke cans. Yeah, exactly. Coke cans, exactly. His exact words, now we're changing that philosophy. We're going to a broader market. We're going to what I call more, more affluent neighborhoods where we would like to bring people from those neighborhoods to come to our park who have not been targeted before. So then they go on to say, although Six Flags experienced a decline in attendance over the past three months, the company said it was able, and this is interesting, it was able to offset much of the drop in revenue to, to increase guest spending. While they are down 22% in attendance, admission spending per capita increased 27% to 3635 per person, and in-park spending per capita increased 18% compared to the same time last year. So exactly like you're saying, Peluso, their strategy is no longer to fill the freaking park and hope right. they buy something. Their strategy is to get the people they think will actually spend the money right. and put them in the park, which, of course, now has people freaking the hell up and up in arms saying that they're only targeting the park to be for richer people. Yeah. And basically, anybody that's in a, a poorer tier you know, who lives check to check is now priced out of the park. Well, yeah, that's been a Disney complaint for 20 years now easily yeah Absolutely. and it's now yeah. never been bigger never been a bigger complaint yep. yeah but i mean i should give a shout out like they actually offer discounted tickets to like former military so if you are a former military yeah. there's an awesome discount on those and when i brought my daughter to the park with one of those tickets i still got to upgrade her to a season pass for like the same amount as a regular price ticket so right nice. good job great adventure yeah, here's, here's, I think, a better press release that gives a good recap of it. Um, during a conference call with investors on Thursday, so this was actually like a month ago, um, Selene Basil said that a $2 million drop in attendance is because of the elimination of many discounts that created overfilled parks. The stuffed parks created a domino effect of bad experiences, including long lines to enter the park, two-hour waits for rides, and another lengthy wait at park restaurants. So basically... We realized that literally we had discounted too much and the philosophy of filling our parks is just not the right strategy. We got the discounter or we became a daycare center for teenagers. And it's a cheap daycare center for teenagers during breaks in the summer. Especially when they had the meal plans where you can get two meals a day. Well, we're going to go into the meal. You guys are talking about yeah. I couldn't believe it's people are just going there for a meal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got I got something on the meal plan. Yes. Trust um, <laughs> So uh, some of the discounts taken away now as of this year include the Bring a Friend program, that's gone, meal plans, and a free bottle drinks while blackout dates were added. While acknowledging customers like the dining plans, Basil said it's not good for the park. It contributed to long lines, waste, and abuse of food in the program. So the company is working on a new meal plan that addresses all of those issues. And then his exact words, we're in a process of reintroducing a dining plan after that dining plan is going to be, and that dining plan is going to be a value to our guests, but also a way for us to be able to make money and not lose money on the meal plan, which we know we've been doing. And then they go on to say more than a million Six Flags guests took advantage of the unlimited dining plan at its 27 parks, according to Bessil. Now, um, 
premium experiences at Six Flags, he goes on to say, a season's pass at Jackson's Six Flags Great Adventure in 1994 with four roller coasters cost $75. The price was exactly the same in 2022 with 14 coasters, some of which are considered the best in the world. Point to him. That is absolutely true. If you have not, unlike, you know, Disney, which went, you know, 4,000% higher over the last 50 years. I, you- I would get the annual pass a lot. Now I think it's like 1,500, even with DVC discount, I think it's still like $1,500 a person. So unless I know I'm going twice in that year, which I don't always know that, it's not worth it. If you're going twice, you save a few hundred bucks, not even that much anymore. You used to save an entire trip because it was under $1,000 for DVC. So one trip you were paying for it, the next trip you didn't even have to pay for it. It was like free. Uh, Yeah, now that went up a lot. And they don't even offer it. (laughs) They're not even offering them right now. They canceled them. They want you to buy the full price, full tickets. Great Adventure only had four roller coasters in 94. Yeah. Huh. That's what he wow, said. That I don't know if that's true, but that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, do you count Rolling Thunder, Mind Train, Batman, and I'm like, there, there had Great to be Adventure more, right? Probably Scream Machine at the Wasn't time. Shockwave, Machine? Shockwave went fast. I don't think Yeah, Shockwave that was gone quick. Yeah, way before 94, I think. And Viper wasn't there yet, probably. It was probably right before Viper. Yeah, I gotta say, man, I love my experience. The last two times I went recently, great event. Well, so that's that's the offset, though. If you're a guest, and so this yeah. is where this is where we're weird folks here because we understand the business side because we were part of the business. Uh oh, we lost you, Andy. Your camera just went off. Yeah, I'm doing something else. See. <laughs> Are you doing stuff you don't want to see? Uh, I'm riling the dog out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's weird because as as former employees, we don't want the park to fail because we have we we love the park. That's why, good or bad, the park for us is nostalgia. We don't even go to it all that damn often, but we still love it and we love talking right. about it of because course. we have deep ties through nostalgia. Yeah. But thinking about the fact that you know, as a guest, you know, when me and Scott go go there, we're like, woohoo! You know, we get to go on a bunch of shit. However. If the park's always empty, it's like it's like it's like when I go to conventions. I love Comic Cons, right? But it's not I, I literally was just telling my girlfriend this. If I go to a Comic Con two years in a row and I get to walk up to every person I want to meet, right? Two years in a row, I'm positive I'm never seeing that con again on the third year. Because that means they're not making enough money to support the con. So the con's right. gonna shut down. Theme right. parks are the exact same way. If but, if they're yeah. constantly empty. They don't have, they're not making money. But it sounds like Grand Adventure is making more money now, even though attendance is down. Well, he's saying that, he's saying that, but their net cost has been down. Their net profit is down. So, yeah, it's down. It's it's in one of the other. But what they they never understood, they're not going to attract that type of clientele being only a single day destination. They were talking years and years ago about making it a multi-day destination where they're supposed to build that baseball stadium. Yeah, a real shopping thing, not that outlet mall that wound up it involving into. And I mean, there's no good place there to eat a meal. Like they had like a cool city walk kind of thing with some nice restaurants and things like that. Then I can see them attracting people willing to spend that kind of money there. Agreed. A dome park would help too. I mean, I haven't been to this Nickelodeon yet over here by. uh, I I want to. Haven't been there yet, but I mean it. It looks impressive from the street, you know, from the street. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a good size. Um, they definitely crammed a lot into a small space. Maybe not the greatest for a COVID uh, era. You know what I mean? But uh, still, still uh, definitely uh, definitely a cool thing and, de- and doable. It was always seemed like a fantasy, uh, you know, like, oh, there's no way you could do it in Jersey. 
I, you guys shocked me with saying Batman was friggin' open when it was 30 degrees out. I don't even know how to hell. <laughs> I mean, I don't, know how you, I don't know how you survived that. You know, right? I mean, that's crazy. So bad. And uh, it wasn't actually like, 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 honestly, I think the, the Jersey Devil one was worse on my face with the temperature. Yeah, any coaster. I mean, just yeah. the wind. <laughs> something though, because like Great Adventure, you don't go there to sit in lines and soak up the theming because their theming has gotten the shit. Correct. You go there to ride the thrill ride. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. if you find a balance, there may be a sweet spot there where they can, you know. Right. And just for you, Six Flags second quarter revenue fell five percent to four hundred thirty-five million. Net income doubled thirty-six percent to forty-six million, forty-five million. Well, so so net's not that. Oh yeah, it's that's still a drop. <laughs> milk can do. Steve. What's that? Uh, milk, can. milk can do. <laughs> milk cans. That was all the milk can money. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, actually, they got rid of that too, Andy. I don't know where they're making their money because that was yeah, no more sleepy tweeties. <laughs> There's nothing else in there. It's like shut. So I don't know like what they're doing. Right, right. Uh, this was the one that really pissed people off, though. Like none of his comments would have angered me in any way, even if I hadn't worked at the park. I, I, I get that you could get pissy about it, but. You know, at the especially if I'm a low income person, then yeah, I might get a little mad at that because I'm and I live nearby because I'm like you're pricing me out and I live here, right? However, this is what really pissed him off. He bluntly said the company is trying to turn its average guest from the Kmart Walmart customer to more like the Target customer. Oh man, what? That he literally said that, dude. So now he's being a clue. You know, now he's being slammed for classist remarks because. Oh my God! Yes, he probably said that, right? You know, I mean, that's clear. That's just clear. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I know that's pretty bad. Um, and then what I love it because on the one article I read, you know, I, I sometimes I look at the comments that people post, and this one kind of cracked me up. Imagine if people on the lower end of middle class could afford to go to a theme park. That's just terrifying, right? Thankfully, the CEO of Six Flags is making sure that never happens again. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. You know? Yeah, um, oh, man. Yeah, man, that's crazy. Um, you know, it's funny, though. There, there's there's this is, I'm, I'm going to move into the, the meal plan stuff and stuff because that's just really its own goddamn crazy thing. Um, but, uh, I will say there, there's a guy called Michael Gibson, um, and he's actually, he just writes for, for, a, a regular old like radio station, but they have their own, you know, obviously like everybody that their own webpage. And so he just wrote an article on the webpage and it was specifically all about six flags, not being the daycare anymore. And, you know, and, uh, Basil's comments and all that shit, but I love how he ends it. So he kind of brings up a lot of that stuff and he's based in Texas. So he's really re he goes to that local Texas park. Always, he's like us. He's local. Talks about how he's gone to that since he was a kid. He used to have to, um, him and his church group used to have to do fundraisers so that they could afford to go on their one trip a year to the park when he was a kid. He remembers it fondly. And then he basically says at the end, he, he, he recaps everything and basically says, here's what I'm getting from all this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what I really think, but I don't like this aggressive strategic shift and think it could backfire and make the park less affordable you know, a, a less affordable day of entertainment for many families to enjoy. We'll see. But despite my negative feelings towards these comments, um, I will still find a moment to enjoy my time at Six Flags. Why? Because it's fun. And that's what these parks are about. It has been all my life, and it's what they should be about. And I kind of thought, like, that's a great way to kind of wrap up. You know, you can be as pissy as you want, but at the end of the day, 
it is still a good place and you still kind of want to back it. You just hope that maybe they find some happy medium to not just, you know, fuck everybody going there, you know. Um, but speaking of fucking everybody going there, <laughs> let's talk about this fucking meal plan. Holy shit. First of all, I, I hate trying to share shit on here, so I'm not going to share it, but I will absolutely post to our, our, our Facebook page. Somebody actually created a chart, okay? That's part of the Six Flags Connoisseurs the Facebook group. And the chart is so fucking convoluted, but it literally breaks down the new annual membership plans versus season plans for getting in the park. That's why I was so confused. Those two. And then also the meal plans, which there's two separate types of meal plans, but then the meal plans themselves have now been changed. So the new meal plans are basically, this is so weird. Certain, certain memberships get you 10, 15 or 20% off any meals. Okay. Um, I think drinks are not included, but then there's the meal plans and the meal plans are just as goddamn confusing because the meal plan. All right. So let's, let me find my little meal plan chart here. I'm like, Jesus, this is so fucking ridiculous. But before, when, when, like, if you got a meal plan, you basically got to go and just eat. Okay, that was it. The meal plan hooked you up and you got to eat, right? Well, now you have a seasonal dining pass. It's $135, okay? Or you can include it. That's the meal plan. Or you can include it with the annual dining plan, which is also the same price, okay? And basically, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> Drinks are not included, Okay. You have a maximum of two meals per day on either one, okay? And basically what happens is um, you have a three-hour interval. So when you go there, you can't just eat your two meals back-to-back, which is what people were doing and taking advantage of it. Now you have to spend at least three hours in a park to get – so if you walk right in there and eat your meal, you got to wait three hours before you can eat your second meal. And the whole purpose of that, which to his credit – you now are forced to be in that park for three hours. So unless you're just going to ride, ride straight, you're probably going to buy something, right? Well, it stops the you people know. from coming in and just getting takeout. You know? like, Absolutely, which we know people were doing. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, that's dedication, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> now here's, here's, here's a new thing they're adding, though, too. A season. I, don't, I, don't, I, I think this is new. I could be wrong, but I don't remember this being there for last year. But for this year, there is a seasonal drink bottle. So for $35, okay, you get unlimited refills for this entire season. They've had that. They did have it, right? Okay. Yeah, it wasn't that expensive. But here's the thing. That's fucking shitty because let's be honest. They charge you for every locker next to every major ride, and you can't bring a single goddamn thing, not even a pair of keys in your pocket on almost any but rides anymore. On those wow. rides, you can have a rack where you can put your drink in. Is there? Okay. I did not know that, so then I take it back. All right. So that seasonal cup has its own little space for it. Yep. But how do you know someone isn't going to take your seasonal cup? I was going to say, you got to have like a Sharpie on you. That's a fucking germaphobe. I don't want to take a cup and suddenly be drinking somebody else's fucking COVID cup. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, then fuck them. It's stupid still. I don't want to Because we're in a pandemic still and there's fucking COVID. I don't want to drink someone else's cup by mistake. Fuck yeah, that. that's always been my thing too. With any su- even souvenir cups, whether you can... I don't want to carry them around the park. No, like, that, that's, that's the thing. Any of that shit, I'm like, you got to carry it, man. I'm yeah, like, yeah, it's a pain in the ass all day long because Disney used to do them all the time. I was like, yeah, it's cool and all, and you go home with it, and then it's like it's bulky. It doesn't even fit in the cabinet. <laughs> so, you know, and you got to carry it around all day. I mean, I got to say, though, like, you know, as a parent, I'm used to lugging shit around. Like, I I don't think that's true. It's been years since I've not lugged shit around. Like, 
randomly. I probably brought something here today that I don't need just because I'm used to carrying stuff. <laughs> I'm just used to carrying. Yeah. I mean, between the wife, the kid, everybody, you know, you're always carrying something. So it's. So let, let's go into the, let's go into the passes and we're not going to delve into these too deep because they're just fucking ridiculous. So, so here's, a, here's the funniest thing. First of all, okay. Now you have all these fucking massive options for getting a season's pass or getting in there. And they're confusing as shit because some of them like end at a specific time of the season. Some of them are ongoing and you pay an ongoing monthly fee as well as your initial yeah, fee. That's the Those are the memberships. And they have more blackout dates. And they have more blackout dates. Yeah. And yeah, so. So, so let's go on the memberships. The first membership is their cheapest. It's their gold thrill seeker membership. And that is only for your specific park. Okay. So for us, it would be Six Flags Great Adventure and it would include the Wild Safari. You do get general parking with it. You pretty much get nothing else with it. It doesn't include Hurricane Harbor, right? It does not include Hurricane Harbor. That is a separate park. And by the way, all of these, you're also scammed if you're going to the haunted attractions. Because if you go during Fright Fest, then you also have to get a like premium haunted house pass. They got us last year on that. They did. And and so then and even that, then you have a regular pass, an express pass, and an all-seasons pass for all the other fucking seasonal shit they do. So it's like, no matter how you're doing it, they're fucking getting you coming and going because there's like, and then that's not counting the fast passes. Then there's also the fast pass. That's a completely separate fucking thing too. So if right now it sounds like you wouldn't need one, but if you had a typical year, you probably want that because otherwise you get on three goddamn rides if you're on major coasters and you're done. So now you have the fast pass too. So that's another goddamn price, which is pretty extraordinary. And they still have the fast pass. They do. And there were still people using those. I know. I know. Um, but then the second pass, so the, the gold is just for your own park. Now the platinum and the diamond, I give them credit. Those for unlimited val- unlimited visits to any park, period. So if you're if you're you're a traveler, if you're a coaster enthusiast, and right. you go to these parks, those are actually good options. Not that much more expensive. Now the the gold one was one fifteen, and then six ninety nine a month after that. The plat the platinum is one fifty five, and then ten dollars a month after that. And then the diamond is 280 and then 20 bucks a month after that. Is that like per month per, in perpetuity? Like you never have to pay that initial fee? Again? Well, they say they're annual memberships. So uh, I assume that means you have to pay that 155, 280 and that again at the end of the year. Oh, what is the $20 a month? What's yeah. that about? Like, can't I just give you the money and get it? And it does it goes after the initial payment. Yeah. And, uh, and the only difference between so, them really is just whether or not you're getting parking, preferred parking versus regular parking and blah, blah, blah. So that's your all out best plan access. You get everything for that. So that's 520 bucks a year about well, is what you're saying. It sounds like such a good deal when you compare it to the season passes, because that's what we bought. Well, and then you still have seasons passes and those are now like they're like flat prices, but they're they're for a specific season. So, like, you're only getting it from, like, it's like going back to the old days where you're getting it, like, spring to Fright Fest, and then you're done. But So it doesn't include the holiday. But I just got my daughter's a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And it's 12 calendar months. So she's going. Well, so that's that's where I was going to bring it up with you. So me and Scott, when we went to our last one last year, which was during Fright Fest, so that means we should be good for Fright Fest this year, too, but probably not holiday in a park if you're going by their new rules. So they basically offered us seasons passes with like parking for like thirty fucking dollars. It was ridiculous. So we bought them up. Yeah. We were like, "Fuck yeah, this it's makes a sense." Day. Yeah, twenty bucks for that and like five bucks for the parking. It yeah, was it was like, like nothing, right? right? But here's the joke: we haven't gone. He's went. I haven't even gone yet this season. And now we're toward the end of the season, 
And I think it's only, like he said, for 12 months, meaning that once we get into Fright Fest, mine's over. And the only time I've been going the last couple of years is Fright Fest and Holiday in a Park. So I kind of fucked myself on Holiday in a Park. And the renewal is like not cheap. So the renewal they offered me, they sent me like 25 emails in the last month and the renewals were like 115 or some shit like that. And I was like, no. <laughs> I got my daughter a ticket for 40 bucks, you know, using the military discount. Normally I think it's like 80 bucks for the day. And then it was $40 to upgrade her to a season pass, which was good for a full 12 months. So, I mean, 80 bucks in that case doesn't sound too bad. I don't know. If right. Other discounts readily available for that sort of thing or not? Right. So it's funny. Um, Brian Tate just posted a, a, a link in the chat to an article where it says, California man paid 150 bucks a year at two meals a day at SF and saved enough to pay off student loans. And then he Buy a house and get married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I know. That was a different guy who actually said he had to stop eating because of the unhealthy options. There, We talked about that a couple podcasts ago because I was bitching as a vegetarian. I could never fucking find anything to goddamn eat there. But it's funny. I don't know where that is, Tay, but I actually have that. I have that saved. And uh, trying to see if I can find it. Oh yeah, I do have it saved. I have that saved. And there is another guy who uh, who calls himself the Six Flags Scoundrel, who is a TikTok user, and said um, he actually kept a spreadsheet that showed how he basically saved like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars every year just by scamming off the dining pass. So, I mean, they, they know that, and that was one of the reasons why the guy was changing it, and I don't blame him. But then again, uh, our friend Stephen Napa posted, they want a permanent tap on your wallet, and I feel like he's not far off. Because <laughs> when I look at all these fucking options, it is insane. It is really, really insane. I mean, it kind it of also works. takes the bite out of it, too. Like, when you see, you know, $200, you're like, oh, for the whole year, that's not bad. But, like, Andy, when he, when he you know, added it all up and whatnot, it was over $500. That does. It's like, holy shit, $500. Well, and also, remember, remember you're, not talking an, you're not talking a family pass. You're talking right. an individual pass. Yeah. So if you have a family of 10, you're never going to six. That's what I mean. <laughs> if you didn't really feel more, five hundred dollars. Fuck. <laughs> Two grand, five hundred dollars a year. You know, <laughs> I did. Whenever I see any of my friends that have like more than three kids, and they're like at Disney, I'm like, oh man, how many years did you save for that visit? You know, yeah, like yeah, man, Star Wars. Because then I'm like, holy shit, you know, brutal, it's brutal. It is. Yeah, no, I had a buddy that just went, and he said it cost almost ten grand. For the week, yeah. between everything, right. between room and all the tickets and everything, family of four. Um, I was just like, wow, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah and like Steve was saying in the beginning, like, and then you come home exhausted. So yep. why not spend that 10 grand and go to Hawaii? Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. No, not that. The kitty's occupied, you know. That's true. Yeah. No, that's why I did that DVC a lot. I will say that I. I'm a big fan of that because you I don't spend 10 grand anymore, you know. I mean it's yeah. definitely gone up, but I don't pay for the rooms, you know. It took a while to pay off, but now it's done, you know. Well, you know it's, it's funny, Blue, so I know you're like the Disney fan. I am too. I, I prefer Disney over Mall. And and but but um I like I like Universal a lot too. And then you know, Oh, Universal's Flags. great. Even when we worked at Six Flags, like it's funny, like a bunch of us used to go to Disney as our vacation, which tells you right. how we think about the tiers of the park, which is, I mean, people always say, 
you know, Disney's A and Six Flags is B. That that's that's right. been a common thought in a long Six time. Six Flags is more C minus. Yeah. Honestly, the way I really always do think about it is Disney's my A, Universal's my B, and Six Flags is my C. That's how yeah. I think about it. Yeah. And everything else is local. Keensburg, Seaside, Wildwood, amusement parks. I don't even count what yeah. they have as like amusement parks, you know? I agree. But Disney is doing something. They're hinting at it. They have not released anything official on this that is actually pretty smart considering how much power they have at this point with their online service, meaning Disney, Disney Plus. They're actually hinting that they're going to create a membership that will also include your Disney Plus. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Like an all-encompassing thing for all things Disney. Yeah. I think that's smart because if, if I was someone that's willing to pay as much as they're asking me to pay to go there all the time, Right. They shouldn't give me something like that. Exactly. They also know their their uh, their audience, their, their, their fans love uh, to be vested in it. You know, exactly. I mean, they like to say, oh, I got this. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's usually in a complaint. I'm a blah, blah, blah. This should never happen to me. You know what I mean? Like, cause this is, there's nobody else like you. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, they do know their audience. So uh, yeah, I think that'll go over very big if they uh, make it worthwhile. Yeah, I agree. Um, there is a thing before we jump into like like a lot of the new stuff. There there are a couple things they did this year that were kind of cool. Um, one I'm gonna go back to. Remember I talked about the giraffe encounter that they were doing? It was a one night only thing, and it was yeah. it was a little expensive. It was like I forget the price, but I think it was two hundred or three hundred a person. I remember. Yeah, but it sounded cool. But it didn't sound like there was enough stuff to do to make it worth it at the end of the day. When I read everything, like, you know, they basically were they were making it very clear you're getting it's an overnight stay, which is really cool because we've all been in a safari in, in like intimate safari encounters because of work crew. But especially Chris, yeah, especially Chris with the monkeys. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about this in the podcast because the Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> But somebody actually went to the giraffe encounter and um, somebody by the name of, of, of Sherry Trail posted on the Great Adventure Connoisseurs uh, thing. We finally did the giraffe encounter yesterday on its last day of operation for the season. And it was amazing. All the employees were so passionate in their work and full of fun facts and stories. The open air truck ride was a blast and the guide was fun to listen to. When feeding the giraffe, my daughter was petrified to get close and they were so patient and understanding. It took the time to explain about their teeth and their eating habits. And they got my daughter to be comfortable and settle down near them while and feed them. Did they get to give the giraffe a hernia check? <laughs> All right. I'm going to ignore Scott and keep going <laughs> while roaming around because now we know why he's going to go, but then we're not going to go. For All that. right. Maybe that we don't want to talk about the monkeys then. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried about Loudon. <laughs> Um, here's a cool thing they did though, and they did not advertise it. So they specifically said that it does not include the safari tour, meaning your standard safari ticket. Okay. That's like BS. You'd go just put that in there. Oh. They should have said they get their own fucking tour, which was special in an ah, open thing. So then she goes cool. on to say, while roaming around and seeing the other animals at camp, another woman shared interesting details of each animal, especially the birds. Then finally, while inside the reptile building, so they actually did get to go inside a lot of the other buildings, we got to see a legless lizard up close and, again, learned so much about the reptiles that I never knew. And um, when I started a Q&A session about the various bones in there, one of the animal educators got into a fun show to tell us. He went through so many of the skulls and asked for my kids for ideas of which animals each was. So they were actually there. I guess they have a bunch of skulls in there. They were, like, guessing which the animals were and stuff. And he basically said it was – she said it was highly, highly engaging. 
and that um, she basically closes out by saying, if they offer again, again next year, I would definitely do it again. I highly recommend it. And then she goes on to say, which was my complaint now reading her thing, I wish they explained in better detail what the experience may entail. I think more people would be interested without just looking at the price tag and turning it down. Honestly, the animal educators and caretakers made it an experience completely worth going to. That's cool. It is cool. And you know what's funny? So um, my lady lives in Pennsylvania, and there is a local zoo in Pennsylvania that for this month, up until I think the first week of next month, they're offering giraffe encounters as well. And hernia checks. I'm going to ignore them again. And, uh, and, and it's so cool because they, they offer 20, you get 20 minutes completely solo. You and your group get 20 minutes and it's five bucks each. What are you doing? When you're you solo? feed them. Oh. You, you go, you get your, you get, you get one person, you get a tour guide with you and without anybody else outside of your group, you have 20 minutes to feed the giraffes where you don't have to do it with strangers. You don't know who are trying to grab the dress balls like loud in. Okay. <laughs> just get to go and feed the giraffes for 23 minutes and they just the same is, thing as that they talk about pencil it tucky. people be showing up with their shepherd's boots you don't know what these people are doing they're like pencil tucky people it's and this comes from scott who lives in pennsylvania exactly. so we know exactly exactly what he's talking about so anyway i i thought that was cool though i actually might now opt to do the giraffe encounter if they do it again next year i hope they had enough people to make it worth doing it twice um and i guess maybe that's why they offset the price to be that high also but it does sound pretty damn cool. And I, I would say it's overnight, Steve. I can't remember. It is an overnight. It Where is. Where do you stay? You actually, you, 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 you stay um, right outside of one area in a safari where they have you pitch a tent, but it's supposedly like near the tigers. Cause they say you can hear like all the animals. Uh, that alone is badass. camping by the tigers. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I mean, I paid for my daughter to go to the aquarium for like a week of like summer camp. This sounds at least, if not more, like engaging with like, you know, getting involved with it. It is. It is. And those people are legit that take care of the animals. Like, correct. I was just talking to a guy who was one of the full time people. They're, you know, they're obviously educated. They have to have an animal science of some sort of degree. And then they like, you know, get around, they take care of them. They were explaining the whole system of training the parrots and stuff. So, gotcha. That's pretty cool. All right. On my screen, um, I don't. Let me see if I can share this. Hold on. I hate this because I'm never good at sharing stuff. Um, let me get back into you guys. Let's see if I can just share my screen. Windows. Window. Okay. Tell me when you guys can see this. It's an eye chart, which I can't read, but yes, it's very. Andy and Chris, can you guys see yeah. this? Nothing yet. No, I don't see it. That's weird. Right, says, no, okay. right, there we go. There, there we go. It's a little little small for us, but I, I can see it. This you see how complicated this chart is? Yeah. This is the guy, this is the chart, the guy that puts puts the oh, passes wow. and the eating plans all side by side. All you don't even need to be able to see the details to know that this is how many fucking options are out there right now, though. Wow. And this, I just look at this and I get a headache. Like <laughs> yeah, shit, man. Yeah, it's remember the day when you just bought a season's pass for thirty bucks and you yeah. had fun. What the? Well, you had to decide like a silver, the silver, the silver, gold, the power yeah. pass. Not not when I was a kid, but when we got older, yes. But not when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Silver, <laughs> gold. Silver was only there on weekdays. It was like twenty bucks. Are concerts gold. still included in mission there? They turned you know, up. Uh, 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 the no. 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 yeah. The great arena shuts out. There's no shows. <laughs> I don't even think you. I don't think they've done anything.
thing with the Great when we went last year, Great Arena was still fully shut down. Oh, it's still mm. there. Yeah, the Great Arena hasn't opened in three years, dude. There, there's literally almost no shows in the park at all. I don't so, think I saw any. Like, no, you don't even. When we went last year, we we saw one atmosphere character. It was one clown on stilts at the end of the 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 day when we were leaving. We never saw another character. I never saw anyone in outfits. No Looney Tunes. Well, they're moving so. away from the whole Warner Brothers Looney Yeah, Tunes but they stuff, still so. need to have a family-friendly for the kids thing. And they, there are there are no atmosphere characters. Well, we know. were there a couple weeks ago. They did have a Wiley e. Coyote taking pictures with people. Well, I don't go. know if he was an employee or just some guy who showed up in a costume. <laughs> <laughs> like in, he's like but, in New York yeah. where there's five Wiley e. Coyotes fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Times Square, man. There's a whole bunch of characters there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it belong to anybody officially. Um, all right, so let's go over a couple cool things they did since we were talking about the draft encounter. They had a couple other things this year. They had Thrillathon. You guys hear about that? No. Thrillathon was a one-day thing. It was an event that happened on August 27th, and basically um, it, it gets you exclusive ride time, a catered meal, a behind-the-scenes tour, and some other stuff. However, this is actually really cool. You have to be a member of one of the coaster enthusiast groups to even be be able to get in it. And if you're not, they show you how you can become a member, and they list out like the five like like common ones, which is Ace European Coaster Club, Coaster Crew, Western New York Coaster Club, Buzz Bars, and there's there's more. But they actually list a, a person you can reach out to at GA who will help you become part of the group. You also have to buy a special ticket for it, and you have to have a pass. If you don't have a season's pass or a day ticket, though. You could buy a special ticket just to get in for that day, okay? But again, you have to be part of a coaster group or or someone who's in the coaster groups, like plus one, because I guess you can have up if you're in it, you can have up to three people go with you. And it's pretty. I, I gotta admit, it, it sounds really cool. Um, you basically can go on specific coasters, okay, and at specific times. And then what they also do is they give you behind the scenes tours of certain rides. Okay. And then you get lunch with the Looney Tunes. As we were saying, you don't see a lot of characters in a park, but from 12 to one on that day in picnic Grove, they did a full lunch. And I gotta be honest with you. It's pretty cool. This was this year's, um, this is the second year they're doing it. They did the lunch was in Peluso as a food, former foods person. You'll appreciate this. It was a barbecue style catering theme to the Jersey devil barbecue, meaning the Jersey devil ride. So they made stuff with a little bit of a kick. So they had full pork sandwiches. Um, they had bacon-wrapped pork kebabs and sweet chili sauce. They had burgers with a whole bunch of special Jersey Devil stuff to make it, like, hotter. Pepper relish, bacon onion marmalade. They had barbecued grilled chicken breasts. They had buffalo chicken wings. They had amped up four-cheese mac and cheese. And then they had, like, potato salad, coleslaw. They had ice cream cups and fountain soda and all that shit. Um, then they also had – you get um, a dinner with um, – with like, I guess they're calling them directors, okay? And uh, that that's people that could do Q&As um, and talk about the park. They did raffles that were exclusive to them. They did nighttime rides that were exclusive to them. And then they did a behind-the-scenes tour where, like, they would actually, like, take you behind the ride and kind of talk you through the ride and everything. And I was like, this all sounds good, but it also sounds like, you know, maybe, maybe it's pretty expensive. I don't know, man. I was kind of like, when I was hearing about it, I was like, Eh, I don't know if this is worth it, you know, but I guess if I'm a coaster enthusiast, it's it's right. pretty cool. Then I saw someone post this. This guy, Michael Olivencia, posted, wasn't too ex initially excited about um, Houdini replacing Toro for the Thrillathon tour. So originally it was 
El Toro, and obviously that didn't happen, so it became Houdini. However, this guy actually did the Houdini tour, okay? And he, and he literally posted, and it's, you can find it on, on YouTube. It's called Houdini's Great Escape Backstage Tour. And he posted the whole thing. He did a whole video on it, and it's really cool. And he actually says, like, turns out there's a lot more going on in this ride than, you know, just walls moving. And you get to see all the engineering stuff. And he says, they actually made me love a flat ride. Like, the, the, the you know, behind the scenes stuff made it completely worth it. And I was like, you know, that's the type of ride, though, where Houdini always throws me off because Houdini felt like they were trying to be Disney for a short period of time. Right. And they were like, you know, we have the capability. We could theme something that is a flat ride. You know, and be like Disney. That was and, a ripoff on dimension, kind of but it but it works. I still like it. Yeah. If it's a super fucking hot day and you go into that air conditioning in Houdini, you're like, oh, this is like the haunted mansion on a hot Florida day. It's wonderful, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but it's it's actually it sold me on it. Like if that guy hadn't posted that, just like the giraffe thing, though, I'd be like, ah, eh, only Ace people would dig that. But the guy made it set like if they can make a flat ride that cool, right? I think that's pretty neat. I also think that it's cool. That the park is actually. They know who their return bread and butter is. And obviously all these coaster enthusiast people have always been that. I mean, they, you know, we, we recognize those people from when we work there. So I think it's kind of cool that they're doing that, you know? Andy, is the Six Flags by you? Is it open year round in Texas? Uh, yeah, they're open year round, I believe. Or we maybe they close for a small time in the winter, but they're open at least 10 months a year, I'm sure. Is it any different than like Six Flags Great Adventure? Like in terms of... You know, well, I've only been to I've never been to Six Flags over Texas up in Arlington. I've been to Six Flags Fiesta, Texas, out in San Antonio a couple of times. It's nice. It's actually themed pretty well. It's uh, um, it's built in an old rock quarry. So it looks pretty cool because there's all like rock walls around the place. Like oh, you feel nice. like you're lower down in a canyon. But, you know, it's just small. It's, you know, it's a lot smaller than Great Adventure. But uh, but it's definitely nice for for a day trip. And they get some pretty new rides. They they rotate new stuff through there pretty often. But, you know, that's about a four-and-a-half-hour ride for me. So I've only been there a few times. Yeah, it's a hike. Yeah. That's more like an overnight stay thing when you're driving that much, you know. Yeah, well, it's right near San Antonio. So if you're going to San Antonio for a few days, you know, they have a SeaWorld there that's also. Right. Yeah. You know, they have Six Flags and then you, everything within San Antonio to do. So it's a good day stop, on you know, on a, on a trip to San Antonio for a few days. Makes sense. Um, the only other new thing this year that I'll bring up is they, they do their, well, all right. So first of all, they had their Coca-Cola dream world. Okay. That was like a thing that was going on like throughout the summer. And I think it might still be going on. And reality, all it was, was like a Coca-Cola promotion to get you to try their new fucking flavor dream world. So at the end of the day, it's like, you can take a photo. They have like a little photo stands up and I guess they have something special for people who are trying to do TikTok shit. But otherwise it's literally just a Coca-Cola promotion. So I was kind of like on that one, but then they have their summer vibes festival that, um, that went on, um, and I think this is the first year they're doing it. I think it's brand year, brand new. And there is there is this one guy, and I think his name is Dan Zaro. Um, he he basically did a really good quick breakdown of like what he thought were hit and misses. And they they as as a guest and a person that worked in the park, they all made absolute sense. So I kind of believe everything he said. It was really well thought out. But he basically said, um, yeah, and it, it, it the event ran. Yeah, I was right. It ran daily through August fourteenth, so it's already over. But um, they advertise it as uh, at the Six Flags Summer Vibes Festival, sun-kissed dreams come to life as guests drench themselves in a kaleidoscope of color. The event, which runs daily through August 14th, offers mouth-watering treats, beat-the-heat beverages, more Coke, 
Uh, bold, eye-popping spectacles, photo moments, live entertainment, and colorful curiosities to immerse guests in a reverie of summer. And this was, you know, our our thing. Um, he put down hit simple food, all their simple food creations that they put for here, which were things like, you know, wings with sesame teriyaki and heat wave hot honey, all worked really well. They all were fantastic. Miss complicated foods. He said every complicated food they tried to do, such as their hot Cheetos pizza and their sweet and sour chicken over fried rice, really were not good at all. He said, uh, you'll find other overly ambitious menu options, more than I'm mentioning, that are also out of place and difficult to stomach while walking around a theme park on a hot summer day. However, remember, Great Adventure is not known for gourmet cuisine. And I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, they did specialty drinks, though. They did. Uh, he said he tried both a Vibes Punch and a Berry Berry Lemonade, and they were absolutely fantastic. And me and you fucked up because they did specialty alcoholic drinks throughout the park. They had Summer Vibes Sangria, Summer Vibes Spiked Seltzer, Blood Orange Lemonade, Rum Buckets, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And he said, to be quite honest with you, they were all hits. He said, every one I tried was really good. Downside of the drinks, the park no longer includes straws or lids on anything. And he said, so that kind of sucked when you're walking around. Oh, um, yeah. Disney got rid of the straws, I think, and lids. Everybody's too. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They're all yeah. yeah. Um, he said there were, there, were, there, were, there were splashy photo op like things throughout the park for you to do um, selfies. And they were like under the sun umbrella canopies and other stuff. Um, There's a, a whirly way pinwheel tunnel, a wacky wavy way. He said a lot of them were actually just really, really neat. And they, they were. They were meant to be um, movable, a lot of this stuff, because for, like, TikTok people are trying to, like, you know, it's little two-minute quick things. But he said they were actually really, really cool. But then he says, and you know this has got to be the fucking path alongside fucking, uh, you know, where the stadium used to be. Because he says the Forgotten Garden is a massive miss. And he goes, oh, my, I was so excited about this one. And then incredibly disappointed by the execution. The official description describes the Forgotten Garden as transforming ride relics and park memorabilia into beautiful new planters. And he yep. goes, that sounds great in theory, but nostalgia is, because nostalgia is awesome, but unfortunately, it was just one hidden path that looked like a whole bunch of garbagey scattered junk and randomly potted plants all put together. Oh. <laughs> it's actually the spot next to the Yum Yum Palace. That's what I figured. That's what I was talking yeah. about. Was that's and exactly where I figured it was? I actually have pictures of it. I was when I was there. I was like, oh, I can take these pictures to show Steve. Is it garbage? Does it look it was, like a garbage? It looks well, like no, Neil sent me an enterprise. He sent me the enterprise planner. It made all these old ride. I knew that's what it was as soon as I read that. So I'll show you when we're yeah. You know, and it's basically send yeah. them to me because I'll post them. I'll post them. I feel page. like Will appreciated. I don't know if guests would appreciate. That's exactly when I read that. I said this guy's a guest, so he doesn't appreciate the graveyard. So the nostalgia would only be for us, not them. You know what yes, I mean? And I was like, we're kind of a smaller group, you know. Like I was like, oh, cool, that's the Enterprise, you know, but. I don't think anybody else gives a shit. Like, it's so true. Because think about it: if you see one of the original fucking Skyride cars there, you're like, "Oh, that's badass!" Yeah. If you're a regular guesser, you're like, <laughs> "What a piece of junk!" You know? Like, All right, there's a greasy uh, car here with some plants in it. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Final though, I mean, it was it's, cool. It's right from the fountain to the to the big wheel. Yeah. And it basically uses the same scaffolding that they're going to use for Fright Fest, clearly. Right, of course. And they just took it down after because it was there one week and then gone the next when I was there. But kids loved it. Like, my daughter was like, oh, that's so awesome. Like, uh, let's take a picture. There you go. There you go. Um, 
this is funny as we were just talking about entertainment. Hit and miss entertainment. So it got both a hit and a miss. Some special summer vibes entertainment options are sprinkled throughout the park, including a DJ booth, sticky paint percussion and paint artists, sensational street acrobats, acrobats, jump rope brigade, and street dance troupe. I love the variety in the summer theme. However, I didn't see any of them. <laughs> the show locales and timing are very sporadic, and I literally, through my entire day at the park, cannot catch a single one. He said, I don't want to shit on it, and he, that's my words, not his. But he's basically saying, I don't want to slam them because they probably had really good entertainment, but I just couldn't find it. And that's kind of funny because that's what we were just saying. Like, we know they probably still have stuff out there, but we, every time we go, we don't see any of it, you know? Yeah, we did happen on a double-dutch jump rope thing randomly. Oh, well, there you go. Um, and then he goes, Miss, showcase vibes. Showcase theater is transformed into showcase vibes described as unique and interactive experience of light, sound, and fun photo op opportunities. It sounded amazing. And the promotional photos looked awesome. But it was only open limited hours and closed every single time I walked by. <laughs> um, here's a weird one. Hit. Skull Mountain 6 Remix. That sucked. That's funny. He liked it, and you hated it. That's funny. So um, he put, although this does crack me up, there's nothing better than when Six Flags shows some love to an old favorite indoor roller coaster such as Skull Mountain. Skull Mountain was never a favorite of anybody's, though. No, no. No, no, no. There are guests that love that fucking ride. We don't. Really? There are guests. Wow. And and this also shocked me. He pointed out it's been open for 26 years as of last month. I was kind of like, holy shit. Uh, yeah, that kind of blew my mind a little bit too, but that makes sense. Yeah, because it was open when we were there. Yeah. So 97, definitely. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, they basically put a, a digital DJ in there and they had six unique programs that pumped like party music and special lighting on the inside. Now, I have to be honest with you, at night it was probably badass because at night you're not getting the daylight in there fucking everything up. So, in the day, it probably sucked as big It's like a cool ass music yeah. express. Yes, it is exactly what I was thinking. It's the well, Music Express on Skull Mountain. They yeah, strobe lights and stuff. So my daughter, who has only ridden it twice, once before and after, actually before, during that and then after that, and she said that during it was like stupid because the strobe lights and everything, you could see what was going on as you were riding. That's so my point. That's why thing. I said at night it might be good. So she said exactly. afterwards it was so much better. But like just like the, the fact that they were lighting up the indoor roller coaster where the only real thing about Skull Mountain is the fact that you can't see what's going on. Yeah. Ruined the whole experience. And she said it was better after they did away with it. Well, so. when, when I went on it last year and we went on it during the day, and again, I thought it sucked ass because during the day, all the light still gets inside. They don't have a curtain off properly. So literally... It's not a dark ride. It is. You literally see all the garbage on the floor. It's completely visible. So I was like, this sucks. But at night, when it's still pitch black, it's still, you know, it, it, if you liked it, it was still there, you know. But, yeah, it's kind of funny. And I will also hit you with this, Andy. This will this will break your heart a little bit. Last Thursday, this past Thursday, marked nine years that Rolling Thunder has been gone. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's, that's a bummer, man. I saw that stack get posted, and I was like, oh. Oh. You know, I was reading, so, you know, at Hershey Park, they just tore down their big wooden roller coaster. Yep. I, I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, it's it might be, at the moment. It but might but they're rebuilding it. They're talking about next season. Correct. They said it's just modernizing. Yep, yep, I like saw that. that. You know, too bad they didn't just rebuild Rolling Thunder. I mean, that was a pretty cool roller coaster. It was. It was cool, but, like, when you put it side to side to, like, El Toro, it just looked like a kiddie ride. So, 
I mean, yeah, but you know, every ride doesn't need to be the tallest roller coaster right. in the yeah, world. Yeah, I mean, you know, example, the Cyclone is still train. a badass roller coaster. Well, even look at Runaway Train. I still highly enjoy Runaway Train. Oh, and yeah, that's, that's a wild fucking mouse in a goddamn fort. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all that fucking is. But I still love it. I mean, granted, I have a lot of nostalgia for it too, which makes me love it. But even as a kid, it was one of my favorite rides before yeah. I ever worked there. You need some for the scaredy cats too. I'm not going right. on that Toro. Screw that thing. I'm not going on that. That <laughs> oh, thing's enormous. Oh. Why do we get there, Chris? Because you'll probably never go on it. I know, and now I'm especially not going on it. <laughs> that um, is a backbreaker. <laughs> so, all right. So That's we'll just part of the charm. Exactly. We'll just finish yeah. off the summer vibes thing here. Um, there is also a a pump hydrant pumper truck. And he said, my kids would have loved this. And I'm sure it's a great way to cool off in the midst of the Jersey uh, heat wave. But it's just, a, oh, oh, this was a miss. I forgot. This was a bad one. He said, it sounded great. And I'm sure it would have helped you, you know, cool off. But it was just a bunch of cheap lawn sprinklers on the top of a fire truck. And in parentheses, he put, plus, this really just made me remember that Six Flags laid off their entire full-time firefighting staff last year. Maybe that's why they did it this way. And I'm like, oh, good burn. That was a good burn, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're not using this truck anymore. Let's just exactly. Hey, <laughs> no, one's, no, one, no one even knows how to use the fucking fire truck. Just put it out there and put sprinklers on top because that's crazy, you know? Doing that. I told, Well, they did. Yeah. So, um he basically uh, rolled it up by saying, uh, the new Summer Vibes Festival is a great addition to Six Flags Great Adventure. Keeping things in perspective, the festival is totally value-added. I mean, you're not paying anything extra to it. And he said, everything aside from food and drink items is included in your regular theme park admission. He said, there's, while there's definitely missteps here, it really was a lot of excellent ideas with a little bit of an iffy ex- execution. A lot of colorful, cool additions to make a great day. You know, if they keep trying it, trying it for next year and they just improve upon what people give them feedback like I did, he goes, this could be a really, really great thing, you know, going forward. I thought that was cool because it was one of those things. I mean, as a season's pass holder, I get these emails all the time that show that stuff. And when I see stuff like that, I literally think it's more like the dream thing where I'm like, they're just promoting Coke. There's nothing for me here. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to bother with that. But it actually sounded pretty goddamn cool. So, um. Before we jump into theme park rides uh, that are closing, uh, I, w- I will point out something that cracked me up and confused a lot of people, myself included. If you remember in like our March podcast, the new, new ride was Medusa for this year, right? And Medusa is really just another recycled oh, ride, it right? Was Bizarro. It was Medusa, Bizarro, Medusa. Yeah. So we know it's really <laughs> a recycled ride, okay? But here's the biggest joke. We all got an email last week saying, hey, Medusa, grand opening weekend today. Today is the grand opening of Medusa. Um, It's September 10th. That was your new ride for March. Why the fuck is your grand opening on September 10th? I mean, I I wrote it like two weeks ago. Well, and people say that, well, that's what made people even more confused. They're like, uh, I haven't been there yet this year, but wasn't it the new ride? Was it not open all year? They're like, no, they just decided to make this the grand opening weekend. I got to say, though, I, for Chris, you know, I just rode Medusa for the first time a couple weeks ago. It was pretty awesome. I mean, it was what Batman used to be to me. And then yeah. Batman got old and rough and it like beats you around. Now Medusa's kind of like up here and Batman's down here. For yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. That just cracked me up, though, because I'm like. Way to wait to the end of the fucking year to have your grand opening. Shouldn't that have been in April? You know? Like, exactly. <laughs> in the front gate. Let's yeah. Well, also, maybe for the people that didn't come and didn't pay attention, 
hey, it's a new ride. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you throw that out there and people don't know any better, you know? Right. Like, who would be like, oh, wow. I don't know. I, I, that one that one killed me, man. Um, all right. So here's a thing that I thought was interesting. I actually printed this out a couple podcasts ago, and we just never got a chance to go over it. So I want to hit it real fast. So this was an article um, that came out from InsideTheMagic.com. Popular theme park closes rides due to supply chain and safety issues, which is from July of this year. And this is kind of interesting because I'm wondering if this is contributing to so many of the and so so first of all, if you guys get any type of like if you look up news for theme parks, there have been more injuries. And I'm probably noticing this only because I'm paying attention, but I'm shitting you not. I see an injury minimum once a week, a major injury on a theme here once a week, all year. All year I've seen it. Was it is it more than it used to be, or is it just getting more pressed now? This is a thing. So part of me feels like like this goes back to um, I remember getting into a conversation with someone who was like, it's insane how many serial killers are out there now. Like Netflix puts a new program every week because there's serial killers all over. Why? Why? And I put I pointed out, I said, there are always serial killers. I said, you're dealing with two things. We're way more populated on the earth than ever before. And you have instant news. Yeah. Serial killers are so hot right now. (laughs) It's also also a point. The second someone becomes a serial killer, the second they do two kills and there's a pattern, they're all over the fucking news. So everyone knows about them. Whereas in the 1800s, I could just go from farm to farm and town to town and no one ever tied shit together because they didn't know. You know what I mean? But they were there. Even in the 1900s. Well, and we're, we're learning, we're learning how many were in the seventies and sixties now too. And I have a feeling that kind of ties into like this whole thing where it's like, um, I feel like the reason there might be so many injuries is, is a, just because we there's, there's instant news obviously. And there's so fucking many parks out there. If you're counting lower tier places like Wildwood, there's so many theme parks throughout the United States and the world, but the United States itself. That it's insane. I mean, obviously, there would be one a week if you count all the theme parks in the world, right? Because I mean, in the United States, because there's that many of them. I mean, we're just talking specifically about injuries on rides here, right? Correct. Okay. But the one thing that I didn't think about and and makes sense is that because of COVID and a supply chain issue, still there are some parks that are like literally like we're just we're shutting rides down because we can't get the parts we need for them. Yeah. They can't even get them manufactured because they're overseas and we literally can't get them. So they're done for this year. So this one park Adventureland in Altoona, Iowa, they bluntly said, um, Hey, we're, we're going to give you, we're going to let you know, you know, we know you all love our coaster storm chaser, but uh, we can't get the parts to fix it. So storm chasers down for the rest of the year. And then this one surprised me. Their sky ride is also going to close, remain closed for the entire year because um they're like, at this point, we feel it's unsafe and we can't get parts for that either. And I was like, holy shit, that's kind of crazy. I didn't really think about the fact that supply chains could actually just be like, you know, part of the issue. You know what I mean? Like, right. but apparently they I'm are. Surprised. Like our Skyride was from what? Like the 1930 World's Fair or yeah. something. And they're still still going. <laughs> like, yeah. Like who's making those parts? Now, now at the end of this article, they go on to say something that kind of caught my interest and made me do a little more research on this Adventureland's the site of the incident where an 11 year old boy drowned last year on the raging river ride. When the raft overturned, the family has since filed a lawsuit claiming no staff from the park came to help. And the ride was allowed to continue to operate with thousands of pounds of water continuing down the river, despite the parents screams for help. And the traction still remains close at this time. Their, um, their 
raft ride, their Raging River raft ride, is the smaller baby version of our Roaring Rapids. It's the exact same ride. And I think it's only it only holds six people per um, raft. But there's pictures out there of it. You can look them up. Um, and I believe that they would not help, like, if two were so three. It, so now I pulled the actual articles on that. And so, and you could say it is. Uh, it's an eight person, right? Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five. No, I can't tell if that's one. It looks like one, two. Oh, three. you're right. It's six. I think it's six. It's six, man. Um, so what happened is last year, this one family was on the raft and the raft fucking flipped. I have just never heard of one of those fucking flipping. And it's no. like, you know, so it's pretty tiny though, compared to a 12 person. So. Yeah. But still I have to, I have to assume if it flipped and, and by the way, when, when they, when they go on this article that they've had that ride there for fucking ever, like it's not a new ride. Like they, they, they give the history of the ride and uh, it's been there like literally since uh, how old, let's see. Let's see how long. I highlighted it and now I can't find a damn thing. Um, the Raging River ride has been in operation for nearly four decades. Oh, wow. Four decades. And they had two injuries two years in a row. They had the one where this, this, the one kid died because the boat flipped and he basically drowned. Okay. And the rest of the family all got injured as well. Okay. And that's the family that's suing them. This is even more fucked up. And I couldn't find an article with any details. But the year before, the same fucking ride, okay, apparently they need a light curtain. And I'm not making this as a joke, like, because if you all remember why we create the light curtain on, on, on the fucking cables, well, apparently somebody tripped while they were loading and somehow got caught between a conveyor belt, one of the employees, and their head got smacked against the cement repeatedly till the operator finally realized a person was in there, shut it down. And then the person died at the hospital from from basically from brain damage from having his head smack against the cement repeatedly. So the ride was closed for like that whole year and then finally passed all safety expectations and reopened. And then the boat flipped and it, another fit. And then that family, the one kid died and now that's they're being sued and now they're done. Meant to never open and, well, and that's it. They, they <laughs> say they say at this point, they do not expect the ride to ever open again. They, they at this point, they, they highly doubt it will. But that also crap like like just boggled me because i just that is not a ride i would ever think of people drowning in or dying in but they do they do to your point what you were saying before about like well how in the hell you know blah 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 um let me let me tell you what they're accusing them of because this is crazy the 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 incident report states that no staff member called 911 and emergency responders were called from the theme park visitors who are watching the accident unfold and according to the lawsuit, they only became aware of the family's raft being flipped after the 911 dispatcher was called and then called the park back. Now, what's even more fucked up is this was a family run park and they sold the park already. So it's a new owner that has to deal with this, even though the people being sued are the old owner. So you got that level of complication going on there as well. OK. Um, and, you know, and they're constantly saying, like, you know, that they for years they. They have, you know, the, the, everything's been maintained properly and, you know, there's no problems with it or anything. But then the lawsuit goes on to say that Adventureland failed for years to properly maintain and repair its rides, including the Ranger River, and that there's been a ton of other incidents there as well. I couldn't find any when I did a quick search for it, but um, it's kind of crazy. I mean, 
the employees wouldn't call 911, though. They no, it, no, they would call. call. Six. Their, their point was the employees didn't know it happened and they were dispatching boats. Uh, so the boat was flipped. The kid's drowning. The family's stuck under the boat. More boats are going out and nobody's stopping it because they don't. So I guess they must not have stations like we have or or they have a lot. Maybe feel better about that one time where they, they was reported the guy jumped out of the boat. See? No shit. Shut that no shit down. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like looking for the body. I mean, come on. So... That one blew my mind, and then this is this one will fucking break Chris's heart because I didn't know about this one either. Uh, there was a tragedy at um, at Icon Park in Florida, and Florida legislators are now trying to pass a bill um, to basically um, the bill is kind of ridiculous. If you if you're if you've done what we've done, the bill's fucking stupid. They're trying to pass a bill to say that they have to have better signage about weight capacities and height limits. So no, but this one, I, I'm I know because they this. say they did not have a sign out front. It but. wasn't even that from what I read, if this is the same park, mm -hmm. they overrode some of the safety features. Yes. The harnesses didn't have to yes. So down. here's where we're going with this so one. Crazy. Here's where we're going. A kid died on the Orlando free fall. And, and it is huge. a free fall uh, ride, Chris. It's a regular free fall ride. Yeah. It's, 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 it's owned by Slingshot Group, and uh, and he was like twelve or something. He was. Big. It's one of those circular, oh, circular tower ones. Well, know, he it's was. Like a, it's a big circle, you know, yes. right? Yeah. And it's just a single tower. Yeah. Yep. So this kid was three hundred and eighty pounds, a hundred pounds over the weight limit. But they yeah. said that there were no signs out there, and they let him ride anyway. And wow. they also said that they absolutely had sensors, and they did do manual adjustments on the sensors after it passed state inspection. So they fucked up on all so fucking fronts. Screwed. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah. But, um, so I kind of feel bad for the family, though, because now they're getting this bill passed. But it's like the, the bill – and granted, yes, if they didn't have any signage out there, it makes sense. Although, remember, at one point, we didn't have signs so on, on rides. We had signs in the front of the park. But it's crap because, you know what, even with signs, people still try to get on those damn rides. And they're like, oh, no one reads signs. this harness I agree. Down. Uh, I agree on this, you know. Uh, I, I fully care. agree. My I know. Who cares? I'll take responsibility. My kid's not tall enough. That's fine. I'll still, I'll be responsible. Yeah. Okay, buddy. This park is really getting slammed though, because um, basically even the congresswoman in Florida basically said um, it's, it's, <laughs> it was out of the ordinary that the young people who were operating the ride had not been properly trained. That was out of the ordinary. It was out of the ordinary that the signs with regard to height and weight requirements were not posted. Um, so that the, the family can make their own decision if they should actually ride the ride. That was out of the ordinary and went on to just say a whole bunch of shit that just made this park sound like a bunch of piece of shit, you know? So yeah. the fact that they overrode the sensors to is insane. people who shouldn't be riding. That, yeah, it's that pretty is goddamn bad. insane. Um, and then uh, I'm going to save El Toro for last. And then we got we got another one that's closing down. We got uh, the second tallest roller coaster, which is in uh, which we got Ohio. Okay. And that's in Cedar Point, okay? And uh, basically, um, their top thrill dragster coaster is sh shutting down, and it's shutting down permanently. However, it's also a coaster that uh, last year a metal object flew off of it and went 420 feet and cracked a lady in the back of the fucking head. And the ride has not been open since then anyway. So it's been closed since August 15th of 2021, and now the park officials just finally said that, you know, um, they're, they're not saying they are not saying that that influenced their decision to permanently close the coaster, but the coaster has been operating for 19 years, drawn 18 million riders. And after that instance, never reopened. And now 
bye bye. It's, it's officially closing. It's basically wow. King the Ka, but it's like yeah, feet shorter than King the Ka. They like, even go on to say the, the mention at the very end of it that King the Ka roller coaster at Great Adventure is considered the world's tallest with 456 feet. They were right below it at 420 feet. But so. it's like the same design, same everything. Yep. Magnetic catapult launch, same like you know, yep. huge thing to go over. And then we get to our own loving El Toro. So El Toro malfunctioned, uh, you know, week or two ago, and it was all over the goddamn news. And it's it's so um, they're calling GA called it a minor accident. And according to park officials, five guests were taken to the hospital with minor injuries. Several others reported having back pains from the incident. It was shut down immediately before the park's normal eight PM closing time, and is under investigation. Um, and basically their, their preliminary release was that, um, six flags reported that the primary and backup safety systems did their job, allowing the train to complete the ride without major incident. And they're basically, you know, saying like, you know, like everything did it, it did it fine, you know, but you know, um, then they go on to explain that <laughs> it's so weird. It's been confirmed that a section of the track where the malfunction happened is a pothole that will be fixed. Um, and it'll be inspected and signed off before it's going to reopen. We don't know how long it's going to be before it's going to be reopened. Um, and you know, it's just a pothole, which is a term that we use to say that there's a slight separation between the track and the wooden structure toward the end of the ride between before the last turn. And eventually it'll be fixed and reopened. However, now they don't, nobody thinks that that's coming back. It's not opening this season for sure. And there's a lot of people thinking that that's going to be the end of it because apparently El Toro is one of those rides that used to be like smooth as shit when it opened. And from what I'm reading now, everyone that goes on it is saying like, it's been beating the living shit out of you for the last couple of years. I mean, I, I wrote it a few weeks ago. You it thought was, it was fine. Well, it was smoother a few weeks ago than it was like a few years back when I wrote it. Right. When, before they redid it and they had it closed for that extended period of time. Yep. So, I mean, it, it felt fine to me. I don't know that well and then they have they have this is what's screwing with them they have a, a, a an unnamed ride operator who who they are protecting his name but cbs news is saying that according to that person maintenance has known about this forever they've tried fixing it but for how it is it just keeps like happening it's just not going to get fixed <laughs> oh, wow yeah and a ride operator actually apparently is the one that said that so yeah so El Toro is like, uh, you yeah, know, nah, I think it's out. <laughs> uh, I heard you guys would get a kick out of this one. So, so we talked about people being, you know, the ride restrictions and all that. And, you know, people, you know, being angry about it. Right. Well, there's an article that came out uh, August 17th in theme park news that is titled young girl with prosthetic leg humiliated after being removed from attraction. So, um, Amelia Eldred 11 had waited in line for two hours, eager to ride Galactica at Alton Towers, but was sadly removed from the attraction by theme park staff shortly after being seated. Um, the mother felt that she was completely humiliated and, you know, like, like that's it, you know, like they don't want to ride any rides anymore. The, the daughter is like completely like just traumatized by it. And the park released an official statement saying, Guests who have a prosthetic limb will need to remove the prosthetic due to the nature of the ride. If you have a prosthetic, please speak to a member of the guest service team or visit the website here for all the, you know, the relevant you know, restrictions that apply to the ride. So they're basically saying, like, you know, the way this ride works, you get strapped in, in a certain way and you can't have a thing like that because it's it's dangerous. 
And they're basically like, well, there wasn't anything posted. So you know what? And they're claiming there is something posted. So you got a little bit of a back and forth going on in this right, one. Right. But what cracked me up is that five days before, five days before that, child's prosthetic leg flies off during carnival ride, nearly hitting guests in head. And it is a flying wave. It is literally wow. just a fucking flying wave. Wow. And it's a carnival version, though, but it looks exactly like our old version at Six Flags, not the current one that's like the mega one. It probably yeah. is our old probably, probably <laughs> is, no doubt. And they show pictures of it. And uh, this one, because it's one of the smaller carny ones, though, you know, they almost go vertical when it starts going around, so they're fast. And sure enough, man, this chick's leg flew off and missed a lady hitting her head wow. by like inches. And what's really funny is unlike the other one, this girl, thank God they found the leg. And she was like on video being like, look, it's fine. It didn't hurt my leg. <laughs> so it's so funny that you have one where people are bitching about it. You have another where it actually happened. It almost took someone's head off, you know? Yeah, man. Now, I mean, you know, I, I said, like, I, I had to recover a leg, I think, once or definitely once, maybe twice, I think. I can't remember if one was an arm and one was a leg, but definitely a leg right after the, the first drop on Batman. That, that's, where, that's where it would come off. I go, um, I'll go grosser. I'll go grosser. Never recovered it. And there was no fucking way anyone was recovering this. Although I didn't want to say that because I found people's wedding rings in the log flume. I already know. Floor. I had, I had one too. Glass eye. eye. Yeah. I never Glass found the eye. eye. Yeah. Lift too. And they were like, can you find it? And I'm like, it's almost clear. Right. And the yeah, guy was like, I don't think I ever what? found one. There was I more than one. It. There wasn't a lot, but there was at least two, maybe three. And I don't, I don't think I ever found a glass eye, but the, the, yeah. the legs were a lot easier to find, of course, you know, <laughs> a lot, lot, lot easier to find. Um, and it was fine. <laughs> it, was, it was fine. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was okay. <laughs> um, let's talk about a, a, a couple of, of, of more funny things because we're, we're getting close to the end. Jesus, how the hell are we already at an hour and a half? <laughs> it's fun. Oh, my God. Well, we were going to talk about, uh, like, most anticipated rides, but we'll hold that to the next one. But let's talk about some more fun stuff, because I feel like we haven't talked about a lot of fun stuff. We've been talking about, like, like heavier stuff than what we normally talk about. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about there was a guy that cleaned his, his kid's diaper right in the fountain of the quad <laughs> at that park last, on the last podcast. This yeah, one gets yeah. even better. This one gets even better. Um Dozens of people were sickened after playing on a splash pad. Now, you know how, you know how some of the parks, and remember Great Adventure just had these, where they just have those big pads and they have just a fountain coming up and you can just walk on them in the middle of the hot summer and it just drops water on you? Yeah. Well, apparently one of the splash pads in a wildlife theme park in Kansas <laughs> took out 27 people and caused two separate outbreaks of fecal-borne pathogens because there is poop in all of the padding. So every time you walked into the blow-up of the water, you were literally being rained on by minutia. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. It says, doesn't sick three hospitalized over feces exposure at water park. And what's even funnier is they show a picture of, like, a pretty girl in a bikini running they got shingella bacteria which it causes an infection which causes bloody diarrhea fever stomach pain and the physical urge for a bowel movement even when you have nothing in your bowel i'm like oh my god 
God, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Sounds like what I got in Punta Cana. Yeah, that's what you were describing. Absolutely. <laughs> um, this one also cracked me up. So on on Hagrid's Hagrid's uh, magical motorbike uh, ride in Universal Florida. That's an awesome ride. It is an awesome ride, and they describe it and they make it sound so cool. And then the story begins with a guest coming to the realization that something wet is on him and he doesn't know why. And he's in the middle of the ride. And then he hears a guy to his right and realizes the guy hasn't been enjoying himself. He's been making hurling sounds the whole ride that he thought were enjoyable sounds. And then realized when he got off the ride, my entire left side is completely covered with puke. And it's just wider between the seats. The woman on his left had been wearing a white pantsuit, and he goes, I actually feel worse for her than me because it wasn't white anymore. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What's even funnier is I didn't know they do this. So they call it the punishment chair, which is which is a joking name for the view, the, the vehicle seat that's in the queue line where you can go in and you can basically just, you know, you be sure you're at the right height to ride the ride and everything. What they did is they have a cleanup room with another version of that. And they just take you in there and kind of like hose you off a little bit if you need it. And then to their credit, to their credit, they did let them go. They did like have them go to guest relations and guest relations then walk them to other areas like stores and basically gave them free clothing. Like basically just gave them free clothing. And and they, they, you know, like, and they said that, you know, what they gave them like hung off from like a dress, but it was better than like puke clothing that he had to walk around in, you know? But I'm like, Oh my God, can you imagine that? Like, you're just like, Holy shit. You turn and there's just puke everywhere on you, man. That's crazy. Um, here's another one. I, I I love this and you, you guys can look this up. You'll see it. Um, you can you can look it up um, anywhere you want. You'll find it because the shit went viral. But there is this Ohio single dad, okay, who's in his forties, okay, and uh, which one? Um, <laughs> he has a daughter who's now dating age and has a boyfriend, and he loves going to um, which one? He loves going to Kings Island in Ohio, but he's single now and he doesn't want to be a third wheel. So he put out a TikTok video where he basically said, like, I'm not I'm not trying to like hit on you or anything. And it's really kind of adorable, but he's just like, I'm just looking for a lady that wants to go on a date with me, with me, my daughter and her, her date and just go to the amusement park. And he goes, I got, I'm going to pay your admission. And we got fast pass. We got fast pass. (laughs) (laughs) That shit went viral and had 126,000 views. And the, the, the comments on it are so worth reading. Cause there's like the, he's like, he's like, you know, um, I'm, I am straight. I just want you to know I'm straight. And he's like, you know, but you know, um, I do, I, I, I'm not, this is not like, I, I, you have to be at least 34 years old. I, I'm not looking to date minors or anything. He's like, you know, but he's like, you know, I'm seriously just looking for a company, you know? And he ended up, he, he got, he found somebody and they're going They're They're actually, it's hysterical because their date is today. So you can find this on there. If you just look like a uh, single dad amusement park viral, you'll find it. The, the video will pop nice. up and you can watch it. But what he did, which was really cool, is that there was there was one lady who apparently had a really good response video. There are a lot of people that posted response TikTok videos to him. And there was one that um, that was a 33-year-old, 34-year-old widow with two kids. And she was like, you know, like, I would love to go with you and everything. He didn't pick her. And he said, he doesn't say your name. He says, I didn't pick her. I'm not going to say her name, but you can find a lot of people here. He goes, however, he goes, 
I, I also was very, very like, you know, it was a heartfelt video. And so I am, I am buying them. I just want everyone to know I'm buying them free passes to the park so they can go to the park one day this year as well. And he goes, and it made me think that, I, you know, I'm actually doing okay as a single dad. He goes, so I'm going to offer where every year going forward, I'm going to buy, I'm going to sponsor a family. And I'm, I'm going to basically take any, any family up to four. I'm going to sponsor one family a year for as long as I can financially afford to, to go to the park, go to King's Dominion, and basically just pay their, their entrance fee to go in and everything. He goes, and he goes, you know, don't post anything else because I got my date. So I, I, I can't look at it anymore. <laughs> I can't look at it anymore. But I thought that was fucking cute as shit, man. I thought that was really cute. Nice. Was, like went on there was like, anyone want to go to anyone go to sit, you know, do, to a park with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, and here's another one you guys will love. Florida couple gets busy on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> shit, you not and and. I love it because the opening line in the article is, if the Ferris wheels are rocking, don't come knocking. <laughs> Police in Cedar Point, Ohio, say a couple stand, uh, stands accused of banging on a Ferris wheel in an amusement park over the weekend. And basically what it comes down to is, yeah, they did. And they got caught by a family that had to watch them for the good portion because they were happy to be in the car next to them. But what cracked me up the most is that the girl tried to deny it initially. And she was like, Oh no no! He dropped his cigarettes, and I was just down there trying to pick them all up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of cigarettes to pick up. I guess you were down there for a while, huh? This is a carton. <laughs> and then, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, sky ride though, people would never actually see you. Technically, you could hide on a sky ride. Ferris wheel. Right, once right. those cars get to the right angle, you're not hiding anything. <laughs> There's no hiding it. Yeah, you're not hiding shit. Um, see all the cigarettes. This will be our, our, our last headline because this one just cracked me up the most. I don't even know if I need to read the article. I think the headline says it enough. Now, by the way, I like SeaWorld. I know SeaWorld constantly gets shit on, and I, but I like SeaWorld. So this isn't against SeaWorld. It's just a crack me up. Serious criminal charges. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm reading the wrong one. Oh, SeaWorld accused of creating Jurassic World hybrid orcas. <laughs> and it actually does... It, it, so it is a former trainer at SeaWorld, okay, who was there for 20 years that basically says they had a breeding program where they were taking subspecies of orcas that would never meet in the wild, and they were actually having them mate, trying to make a massively sized, you know, like park-kept orca that they could train. Are, are they ill-tempered? Ah! <laughs> Can we equip them with lasers? <laughs> I just thought that was the best headline in the world. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that shit's so fucking great, man. Uh, oh, my God. Well, I'm going to close it out by saying Fright Fest starts next week. Uh, some chump named Scott, 49th birthday in three days. Oh. I wish Scotty a happy birthday. Thank you. Nice. Happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, we love... <laughs> Dina Desire, but that Ohio dad sounds like a good guy. I don't want to date him, but he sounds like a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> you dated me once, Dina. You would date that guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Three> passes. <laughs> I'd date him. <laughs> 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 um, 
All right, that's it, guys. Our time is already here. How the hell did we hit an hour and a half? It's crazy. Um, <laughs> once again, we like to thank everybody in the chat. We like, like to thank everybody that listens to us uh, continuously. We love the feedback that we get on the podcast. Um, thank you to Ming. Thank you to Shared Universe Podcast for making this possible. And uh, with that, I will sign off. I am Steve Hicks. Scott Loudon. Chris Peluso. And dear Letty. Make it a great Bye-bye. day, everybody. Bye, guys. <laughs> Have a good one.